Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. This is the Olive Magazine podcast, a weekly roundup of food and drink chat brought to you by the team behind Olive Magazine, and this is episode 107. I'm Janine, Olive's food director and podcast host. Later on, digital editor Alex shares her experiences of Antwerp, Belgium's cosmopolitan portside city, including the best local spots for frites and Belgian beer, as well as some more surprising discoveries such as Belgian vermouth and food trucks. But first up, I caught with cheesemonger Morgan McGlynn to find out why summer is one of the best times to eat cheese. And she recommends some great new ones to try, including the supreme champion of the recent British Cheese Awards, Sheep's Rustler from Somerset. So I'm here today with Morgan McGlynn um, of Cheeses <laughs> of Muswell Hill, yeah. which is um, Time Out's most loved shop. Yeah. Um, and also, you were just saying that you are one of, I think you're the only female cheesemonger. Yeah, we are. We're the only all-female oh, cheesemonger. All, fem- yeah. all female. So we've been for the last 11 years. So just girls that work in the shop, basically. Yeah. Me and a team of really gorgeous, lovely cheesemongers. So you're doing a kind of positive discrimination. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I just think it's because when I was 21, yeah. I started in the industry. It was very, very male-dominated. Yeah. And I was almost... Well, I was intimidated by it, firstly, and yeah. laughed out of a lot of places because of it, because I was young and female, and I think that the reason I employ the girls is because I never want them to feel like that, and I think it's yeah. a really, really good thing to teach them the art of it, Yeah, and they can carry it on. And also, there's that thing, isn't it, that, like, if you can't see, you can't be it, so, yeah. like, coming in a cheese shop and having... Um, 
like women behind the counter yeah. and, and an all-female cheesemongers who can explain, you know, intelligently what everything is. Yeah. It's and kind of a nice aspirational yeah. thing. Yeah, and I think also the reason it works so well as a team is because we're all friends. It's actually family and friends. My yeah. sister works for me as well. Yeah. Um, and there's a real shared passion. Yeah. But also, I think that mutual respect because it's based on friendship you know we've got that for each other which I think maybe you know in a workplace I think that's really really important for us yeah before anything else we're family and friends and that makes it nicer to work together and it means that that's comes across to the customer we think yeah definitely yeah. which is probably why you're the most love shopping <laughs> hopefully yeah so we're going to talk about some it, it believe it or not it's summer it's actually freezing we're sitting in the garden <laughs> at the back of the shop um but we're going to later on we're going to talk about some summer cheeses but yeah. um i was just reading because google is a wonderful thing <laughs> but, um you guys are, are kind of building um a cheese cave or you're yes. looking for places to build a cheese cave because yeah. you did a little bit of crowdfunding to yeah. get part of the money and then so what's the idea behind that so basically we want a place where you can walk in and it's not intimidating to try cheese because at the moment um if you know the shop you know the layout where you can have about three people yes, in there maximum <laughs> and sometimes people feel like they can't stay very long um to try the cheese yeah we want an atmosphere where you can go in and you can try a hundred cheeses if you really want to yeah and you can stand there and you can learn about the cheese and be consumed by it so yeah it'll be a very <laughs> yeah a very tall room yeah. which matures cheese but also we have tastings in there so originally we were going to do it at the back of the shop um but it is very little yeah so we are looking for other spaces so we're on the hunt for a, yeah. a place locally um and then we're going to look at doing kind of cheese and wine nights and more nice. tasting nights i mean yeah so when you say very tall room is that so you can like it'll be walls of cheese yes, up to the so ceiling completely. and it also helps the maturity <laughs> getting really excited it's about so this <laughs> i mean we've been told so we've done lots and lots of research yeah. and spoke to lots of our suppliers and everybody yeah. and it's really good for the cheese to have those ones quite high up yeah and the humidity it has to all be perfect so yeah. we're looking for quite a tall place to do it wow. so um yeah we're on the hunt at the minute um but if not we probably will do it at the back of the shop we're just mm. kind of we're going to get through Christmas, which sounds so far away, but for the cheese world, yeah. it's a big deal. I mean, in the new year, we should be <laughs> building something fantastic. Because you're talking about supplies, because one of the things um, that I, when I first met you, that I thought was great, was that you you spend a lot of time going around the country yeah. finding new yeah. cheese and actually just go and hunt it out. Which yeah. I think a lot of people, you know, a cheese shop, they wouldn't they wouldn't necessarily go that extra mile. Yeah, well, I think because it's this started with a passion for the reason I loved the cheese shop and the the idea behind it was because mm. it had that personal relationship with suppliers. That's the most important thing to me yeah. that I know when that cheese was made, how it was made and who made it. And the reason the the one thing I need to do is keep up that relationship so yeah. that I can continually be seeing what's going on and you know finding out new cheeses and we spend an awful lot of time searching for cheese yeah. which is really fun and I think the lovely <laughs> thing about cheese is that every every cheese is a story isn't yes. it it's yeah. not just the thing that you're eating it's like the whole yeah. story behind it and um, one of the cheeses that you introduced me to which was the Cornish Gouda oh, yeah. we were talking about a couple of weeks ago because in our our May issue um we did a sort of British heroes um, recipe feature, so I did a recipe with that because I yeah, you introduced fantastic. me to it. I became obsessed yeah. with it and just can't. And his story, yeah, I mean that's the most amazing story of you yeah. know he came home, the farm was up for sale, so yeah. he decided to make cheese and he's made this huge success of it. Yeah, it's great. and that's not a rare thing to happen. There's no. so many of these suppliers that have fallen into cheese making, mm. or you know it was 
their family were doing it and it hasn't done well, so they've taken it on and changed yeah. it slightly. And I just think it's fantastic. I think it's I think great. any you know anyone could get a recipe for making a cheese, yeah. but it's not. It's, that's not how you make cheese. Yeah, you make yeah. cheese by putting everything else into it. Yeah, love and like with the um, book that I'm bringing out is all about yeah. cheese making at home. Yeah. But we explain that, you know, you're not going to make a perfect cheese at the no. start. And I haven't. I mean, it's taken me at least two years, I reckon, to come yeah. up with something that I absolutely love. Because it doesn't just happen overnight with a recipe. You have to change every tiny little element yeah. until you get the perfect cheese for you or, or for whoever you're so selling to. So this news, are you going to actually be producing Morgan's <laughs> no. cheese? Well, I would love to yeah, at some point if I had much. space. Yeah. Maybe when I move out to the country for a farm yeah, later say, on. And you would have yeah. to, I don't think you would have any time to sleep Morgan no. <laughs> I think for now I'm going to yeah. keep to Muswell Hill yeah. but maybe later Selling on selling the cheese yeah. and then yeah. yeah I could definitely appreciate it so let's talk about um summer cheese so what makes what makes a, a, a seasonal cheese yeah. yeah well I think people have got the you know cheese is fantastic all year round yeah but in different times of the season it changes and the taste changes due to the fact that the animals are kept indoors in yeah. winter, so they're fed on pastures and hay. And yeah. when they're brought out in summer, they're you know they're fed on really rich and grassy pastures or floral pastures, mm. and that means that you're getting a lovely, lovely, rich flavour. Yeah. And it completely changes the taste of the cheese. So at this time of year, from about March to October, you're looking at the most amazing cheeses, especially things like fresh goat's cheeses yeah. or the mountainous cheeses. You know, because mm. you usually think of goat's cheese as a spring cheese. Don't yeah yeah so it's fantastic all year round i'm not saying it's not no, but, but yeah. i particularly love it in summer because of the taste that you get through at the moment so would 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 like a particular goat's cheese would you get the producer because obviously we were saying goat's cheese is is what maybe a couple of weeks yes. in the making because yeah, yeah. it's very fresh or a couple of days i so, mean it depends oh really yeah so. you can we get cheeses in from that would have been made two days ago so it just depends on the maturity of that goat's so cheese so could would the producer of, of a particular goat's cheese be making the same recipe, but it would change throughout the year because of what the goats were eating? Yeah, exactly yeah. the same oh, recipe, amazing. but it will just do... So things like even ewe's milk. Yeah. So you've got a cheese called Flower Marie, which is a, a English ewe's milk cheese. Yeah. And we don't even buy it in the other months, but at the moment it goes crazy in the shop because really? the flavours are so rich. You can get it all year round, yeah. but we think the, the only time we bother <laughs> is from now until about September because yeah. we know it's gorgeous. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's not all year round, but for but us, that's, the that's when we think it's time. in its prime. So that's when you come into your own because you're there telling people yeah. this is when you <laughs> yeah. need to eat this cheese. Well, this is the thing. We get sent cheeses all year and we taste them all year. Yeah. But unless we think they're amazing, they're not going to the shop. No. So those kind of cheeses, it's down to our decision to hopefully that will come across to the customer and say, no, yeah. this is at its best. We can guarantee you this is the best cheese That's at great. the moment. So people can trust you. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that you just get some really, really amazing cheeses at the minute. The mountainous ones are incredible. Yeah. So things like Comte at the moment, Beaufort. Mm. And that's because they're all let out onto the gorgeous, yeah. lush, green yeah, pasture. Yeah, they actually go to higher pastures, yeah. the mountainous cheeses. So it actually becomes a lot more rich yeah. and almost lactic tasting. It's beautiful, beautiful yeah. cheese at the oh, minute. Wow. Yeah. Right, should we taste some cheese? We're going to do yeah. some live cheese tasting. <laughs> what have it's we got? It's not very fun for anyone listening, but yeah. for us it's great. <laughs> it's um, so these are just my favourites at the moment. Yeah. Some of them are seasonal. So um, we can start with this is the summer sky. Okay. 
This is actually a Swiss cheese. It's Swiss blue, so maybe try that. Oh, it's got a little bit of blue in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I didn't see the bit I pick up was a bit less. This cool. is, again, a tiny supplier that I adore mm. called Jimmy. They're actually based in Borough Market over oh, really? here. Beautiful, beautiful company that is actually family run and they've been doing it for thousands of years, but they are absolutely fantastic and that's a really really lovely summer blue so it's not too strong and where's this produced um that's in i don't actually know the area i should know really um but it's swiss oh it's a swiss one okay so they're absolutely lovely it's amazing texture isn't it yeah it's almost like a morbier yeah you've got that bounciness to it yeah sort of bouncy creamy we love it um and then with a little bit of blue in it but isn't actually like overpowering or yeah. so anyone know. that's kind of easing themselves into blue that's a yeah, perfect cheese for you they also do another cheese called blue brain which you may have seen that we've been promoting like crazy i think i saw that on your website yeah it looks, it looks like a brain doesn't it's it it's very very <laughs> scary okay. you have to be really brave to try it but once you do it, it's really rewarding okay so what is it just it's scary looking or is it's it very quite scary is it looking. challenging yeah to eat as well? well it's actually um a real rare cheese because it's blue on the outside mm. and white inside oh, okay. and it's actually blue it's the way they make it so they are putting the um the starter on the outside which creates the blue outside so it looks like a big blue brain but inside <laughs> it's pure white so it's beautiful wow. beautiful cheese definitely so that's definitely where out. yeah i'll give you a try when okay. we go back in <laughs> um, amazing the next one we've oh, got yeah, is nice. the sheep rustler now this won the british cheese award oh, for the best cheese this is the best two cheese two weeks ago amazing so beautiful beautiful cheese it's quite subtle isn't it really subtle but actually yeah i guess because you've had the blue as well but it's really really delicious it's almost like an english oziarati or bath yeah. cheese really lovely tasting and i can see exactly why it won in the yeah. awards were you involved in the awards Do you know all? i was actually away on holiday like i said i was meant oh, to be no, judging yeah. i know but i took a little needed you there. Yeah, I took a little last minute holiday but you, you you totally approve of their choice yeah well actually we got a big box of all the winners sent to us last week i'm having a second bit yeah, yeah. Go for it. <laughs> um we were really lucky that the awards sent us the box of all the winning yeah. cheeses so we just sat so there and tried together, them all last yeah. week you were like yeah you did all i right. did approve yeah <laughs> of all the choices they made that was a lovely one so that's a really lovely one for this summer as well and because it's you know it's an award-winning cheese it's and that's produced in uh, the uh, somerset so somerset, that's by yeah. white lake so they do some nice. beautiful cheeses they make um alex james's cheeses as well oh yeah so they do i thought alex his. james made alex james's know, cheeses he's a bit naughty he's he doesn't so naughty. Does he <laughs> called out alex no, james but he does have a fantastic person making them for him yeah so. and he's done a lot for the cheese world so yeah, have he to has, be very appreciative <laughs> Um, the next one we've got, and this is the world champion, which is oh. the Cornish Kern. Oh, yeah, the Cornish Kern. Which we really, really love. And so we, I did judge this one. This was back in October, and this won the World um, Cheese Award. So it's almost got like a Gouda-esque mm. taste to it. Really hard, very, very nutty. This is made by the Cornish Yard, guys. It is, it? yeah. You know what? I still prefer Cornish yog to this. Do you? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think obs- I'm obsessed love with it. Yolk, but it's like butter. I'm, I'm I love obsessed it. With it. Yeah, completely. it's really fantastic. Um, but this is their first cheese for 13 years, so it's a really big deal amazing. for them. And it's a completely different style, so you can exactly. love both. Yeah, yeah, you definitely. Both children, yeah, yeah, you can fine. have both on a cheese board. <laughs> um, so that's a really, really delicious one. So yeah. we really like that, and I think that's kind of 
it's really making its way as well because people have been trying it and wasn't sure because you've got that Cornish Yard buttonness. Yeah. They weren't sure about it. But I think actually when you get into it, it's really, really I wonder beautiful. what made them suddenly decide they were going to do a brand new cheese after all know. the success. I meant of... to be going to see them later in the year, yeah. so I'll definitely be asking some questions. But I just think it was fantastic. No, it was something it was so different. Yeah. Because we were trying, we tried. It's really nutty. It's kind of really got that. nutty. And to have like a, almost like an English gouda, similar yeah. to Cornish Yard, uh, yeah. Cornish gouda. But I just think it's great. And we had, it was from 3,200 cheeses they won. So God. it's a really big deal for them all over the world. So it's great. That's fantastic. Really, really good. Um, and then we've got, which is at my absolute favourite at the moment. This is a fresh goat's cheese from Wales. Yeah. But we've paired it with truffle honey. Oh, wow. Which is, you've got to get some of the honey. I've got, I've got a mustard. <laughs> yeah, just do it. I just stick this in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies. But mm. this is proper truffle honey. It's got humongous lumps of truffle in it. Wow. And if you know anything about our shop, you'll know that we're obsessed with truffles. It's like our thing. It's really indulgent. We, we do those incredible breeze at Christmas with the, yeah. the vein of truffle yeah, running like through the middle. Yeah, lumps of it. So <laughs> we love this. It's just a oh really fresh... Oh, my God, fresh, that's so rich. So we rich. We just saying about the goat's cheese becoming rich in the yeah, summer. Yeah. That is incredible. And this was made, I think it was six days ago. Yeah. So really nice and fresh, really fantastic. A tiny Welsh producer. So we it's really all, like that. It's also interesting as well because people, I think... People get a bit weird about goat's cheese because they think it's going to be goaty, but yeah. it's often just not no, goaty not at, at all. And I think that people get this kind of perception of it smelling like a like goat. Like farmyardy. Yeah, you know farmyardy. That? And it's so far from that. that there are like, some that are like that. But that's kind of like double cream I with know. a slight kind of lactic. Yeah. It's beautiful. And the really. texture is... Wow, it's fantastic. That's really good. And this time of year, this sort of thing's fantastic for salads. Mm. You know, if you crumble that over anything, it will just make yeah. the dish perfect. Or just shove it in yeah <laughs> um and then lastly we've got the belvoir which is a um okay. blue cheese which wow. is similar to like a gorgonzola but it's actually made by the people that make cropwell bishop stilton oh wow really different really different for them as well going from a really traditional stilton to this which is kind of melt in the mouth blue yeah, cheese it's, blue, it's kind of creamy and but the blue isn't as i mean is that just the color because it's yeah. not it's kind of, it doesn't it's come like up pale, as rich. Yeah, yes. it's kind of more grey. It's actually a really beautiful cheese when you see it as a whole as well. But this is, again, a really, really mm. good example of yeah. a, a summer cheese. It just tastes the, fantastic. The um, the white bit of the cheese, whatever yeah. that is, <laughs> but that's not blue. Yeah. It's like a kind of lovely creamy yellow. Yeah. So you can see, like, the richness of the milk coming through on that. And if you can leave this out as well, you want it to almost run off the plate. Mm. It's just great for having... We've done that before where we've whipped it up with um, like a very, very creamy French cheese and mm. made it into a dip. Oh, lovely. It's just really nice. Really good kind of summer cheeses, sitting in the garden and all brilliant with wine as well. So, so. do you think like cheese as a as an art is is still expanding? Because to me, every time I, I come here or when I'm reading about it, there seems yeah. to be new things popping up all the time. Yeah, and that gives me like so much hope. Because yeah. Because a lot of, you know, the, the old, like, arts are dying. So yeah. this this seems to be something that's thriving I in this country. I think it's fantastic because we're making more cheese than the French now. And really? I think that just stands to say that, look, we're doing really well. The fact that we've got a award winner last year at the yeah. World Cheese Awards. Yeah. We've got the Cheese Awards coming off. I'm going to judge it in uh, October. Okay. So we're hopeful again for another British winner. That's, is that the British Cheese That's the, no, World Cheese Awards. Oh, the World Cheese Awards so is we're coming around in Norway again, yeah. yeah. This year. Oh, wow, really? So, yeah, really fun. Nice. I know, loads of cheesy <laughs> people. Travel as well. Yeah, so uh, 
I just think it's it's thriving, absolutely. And I think more people are experimenting as well. Mm. You know, people are coming here and buying camemberts and filling them with things and yeah. doing their own stuff. And I just think that's Ex- great. Kind of experimenting yeah. as well. And I think it's got younger as well. Mm. There's people that are in their 20s that are coming in and buying cheese and kind of sitting in on a Saturday night. That never, ever <laughs> happened. That never used that to happen. sounds like my dream. That never happened to me in my 20s, no. but now that's my I dream. I just think it's in, fantastic yeah. that you've yeah. got this generation of kind of Netflix and chill and cheese, yeah. which is like... <laughs> it's the next thing. Yeah, it's brilliant. And we were also saying... Um, because obviously a lot of people are adopting a like non meat eating diet. That, yeah. that actually a lot of cheesemongers are getting not cheesemongers, cheesemakers are getting on board. Yeah. With using the vegetarian yeah, rennet yeah. rather than the yeah, lots of English um, producers use the vegetarian rennet, which is fantastic. I mm. mean, it's really really good if you are being, you know, you're vegetarian and you still want to enjoy cheese. There's a huge range of vegetarian yeah. cheeses for you, and, and they're really not good. mild yeah. or no. you know they're tasty and rich and yummy. Yeah. And, so they're fantastic. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming to chat to us today. <laughs> um, a lot of people say that I've got the best job in the world, but I actually think you've got the best job in the world. <laughs> I'm super jealous. Oh, um, and I'm going to come back, I think, in um, when your book's out. Is it yes. out in August? Yes, it is, yes. And we'll chat properly yes. about how to make cheese yeah, at home. Yeah, I just need to finish it. Because yeah. <laughs> I think that is that is a whole half-hour podcast. Yeah, we, yeah. Need to, we need to go well, into it. Well, I think it. we should give we it a go. go deep. That's yeah. what we need to do. Go, can we do it live, yeah, live on the podcast? let's try it live. Cool. <laughs> let's do it. Brilliant. Oh, thanks very much, Morgan. That's, That's brilliant. Cool. Thank you. Hello, and I am here chatting to Alex about her recent trip to Antwerp, Belgium's cosmopolitan portside city that's the capital of Flemish-speaking Flanders. Antwerp has a reputation for being a diamond brokering hub, but Alex discovered a thriving food scene. So Alex, did you eat plenty of fruits and drink tons of Belgian beer? (laughs) I did indeed. Um, Not solely, mind, but um, we'll come on to that later. Um, But yeah, every local seems to have their favourite fritter in the city and um, there's one on every corner ranging from traditional takeaway style chip shops to more contemporary hipster hubs that have popped up recently and the funny thing is though is when I was researching um, and asking locals the resounding winner seemed to be a place called Frit Atelier which is ironically from Amsterdam originally. Oh. <laughs> so I was like, I'm coming to Belgium. Where are the best place to get Belgian fruit? And everyone said this place. So um, I don't know whether that's because it's the one of the newest places, mm. but um, to be fair, it was pretty good. Mm, um, so it's actually opened um, originally in Amsterdam, like I said, by a Dutch Michelin-starred chef called Sergio Herman. And he... Um, went on a worldwide hunt for the best potato to create the most golden and crisp chips. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, the toppings are really gourmet. It's not your standard... They have, they've got your mayo, but they've got five types of mayo, ranging from classic to curry to bernays. Mm. But also they've got these amazing, really gourmet toppings. Um, and I tried a traditional Flemish beef stew, which was slow-cooked in brown mm. beer and sprinkled with pickled mustard seeds, which wow. was amazing. So, yeah, it's, it was great because it really combined a traditional, you know, traditional Dish. uh, dishes. Mm. So the frit and the, um, the Flemish stew, but it was in a really contemporary setting and... Um, yeah, really kind of takes them to the records. next level. Yeah, it was fab. Mm, they do sound great. And sticking to the the cliches in the food <laughs> world, uh, what about the beer? 
Uh, yeah, again, <laughs> there's an Whoops. overwhelming choice of, of drinking Dens in Antwerp. Again, I, I was a bit overwhelmed before I before I arrived because I was researching the best places to have Belgian beer. Mm -hmm. And I don't drink loads of beer. I do enjoy it, but um, I'm not an expert. Yeah. Um, but I loved the, the traditional Belgian beer cafes. Okay. And there's, there's plenty in the city. And one of my favourites was called Café de Cat in the mm. Het Yalange area, which is, <laughs> which is kind of near the, the cathedral um, and the main square. So, um, yeah, you can hunt that. There's lots of little, um, cute little gothic oh, towns, uh, not towns, sorry, streets. So um, oh, lovely. you can wander through those to find all of these amazing um, Belgian beer cafes. But mm. this one was founded in 1912, and it's been passed down through three generations of women, which oh, I quite like. that's nice. And um, the current owner was stood at the bar with her friends, and they were all just oh, chatting away. Really you can relaxed. tell it's a really local place yeah. that people just go to hang out and chat to their friends yeah. as well as like enjoying as the beer well. mm. um it's it's not i didn't eat there and i saw a, <laughs> a like local old man like reading his paper it was a lovely like he was really sweet but he was eating a soup and i'm not sure what it would have been like mm. i would say probably go for the beer the and beer. the atmosphere because it's very worn into with like battered leather bonquettes and mm. faded gilt frame mirrors so it's got plenty of local charm so i definitely recommend that, that. Mm. and they have plenty of belgian beers on tap including a dark ale brewed by monks and Ooh. of course de Koninck as well so is de Koninck the most famous beer yeah so yeah, De Conic's like the iconic Antwerp beer. That's what people associate yeah. almost. And, um, for example, like in the airport, um, mm. there'll be like That's... lots of that and there's lots of shops selling De Conic merchandise. Okay. And um, I actually really recommend visiting the De Conic brewery as I know a lot of brewery tours and like factory tours are quite dull yeah. and um, very samey. Yeah. Um, but this was actually brilliant i really? was told to go by um some other foodies and they said like don't miss it even though you think that you wouldn't want to go yeah and um it's not cringy in any way okay it's really fun and informative and you go through all these different rooms and there's like loads of sounds there's one bit and it's like a nightclub and wow. you go through this like tunnel and there's Amazing. all sorts of stuff going on, like flashing up all these facts yeah. and, and tasting notes. It's and, like an immersive brewery yeah, tour. and like weird light um, installations. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> worth it, is it? Um, and you get plenty of samples too, which of course is important, including the Bolek Conic signature beer. So that's what's lovely. Ooh, yeah. that, we'll put that on our list. <laughs> yes. um, so which area of Antwerp is the best to stay in? Um... Yeah, good question, because it actually, Antwerp's quite small and compact, but there are definite areas that aren't as desirable as others. For right. example, if you come out the station, uh, the station's absolutely stunning. It's very, very iconic, and it's um, always photographed by yes. um, um, famous photographers, and um, it's worth going for that alone. And actually, I travelled by Eurostar mm. from London to Brussels, and then you change to get you get a ticket and you change onto a regional oh, train. So handy! And so you arrive to the train station, and it's Amazing. like worth it in itself. To so I highly recommend that. It's so easy, mm. um, but immediately outside the station you've got 
the zoo, which actually is oh. really great. And they had a really cool light show on when I was there. All the light shows. All the light shows. <laughs> the place to go. Um, but immediately to the left as you come out of the station it's actually the dime the old diamond dealing area okay and i didn't explore that area but i was told to kind of stay away and it might not be i don't want to say stay away because i don't know from personal experience but other people said you're better going off into the yeah the het elange which is where the cathedral and the right. um, the main square is um but also um where i actually did end up staying was a place called het zuid which literally means the southern quarter and that's about 10 15 minutes away from the main old the old part and it's like the trendy part of antwerp which is comparable to hackney or shoreditch in london mm. and with plenty of like new wave coffee shops and hip little bistros nice. um and so we stayed in a really lovely boutique hotel and then just down the road was a place called tinsel which is a Ooh. really great brunch spot and that's a great place to get a a slice of local life and nice. they have a counter heaving with homemade goodies and most of their dishes are actually vegan oh. um and the vegan brunch dishes are excellent so they have things like pickled carrots on toast with spicy red pepper hummus and even vegan french toast with grilled pears roast hazelnuts and maple so wow that yeah, sounds good really great and it's really cute and cozy as well so you could spend hours there was, mm. and then just opposite there is a place called Del Phil Bakery, and that's also that's been going for eighty years and wow. counting. So pretty impressive. Are there a lot of places like like really historic? Uh, yeah. yeah. So it's a real. I really found like as in anywhere really. There's a real great mix of new and mm. old, like traditional cafes, for example, and then your like new wave coffee shops. Mm. Um, and I actually just spoke on the podcast a lot a long time ago. Now it's probably about a year ago about um, that how obvious that is in Vienna, for yes. example, because oh, you've yes. got your old style one. literary cafes and then you've got your really hipster new wave coffee yeah. shops. So um, there's definitely. I really enjoy, I really like it when I go to a city and you can really see yeah. the, both both, both work equally as well mm. and they live alongside each other and you know they can it doesn't mean that the new places are taking you know, over taking but, over yeah. and but yeah they're still going strong that's and nice. but that's the Delfield Bakery is a great place for to learn about traditional belgian pastries and Ooh. cakes um because you wouldn't necessarily no. know that they've got all these amazing um breads and obviously they've got their speculas which is we love don't we <laughs> we do it's like a caram caramelly caramelized mm. cinnamony spiced Spice. biscuit yeah it's yeah. a mix of everything and they have they they make biscuits with it they make an amazing spread which became really famous in england they sold it in all of the retailers a few years ago so it's called lotus bread and then the more traditional one is a bit more spiced and like mm. gingerbready and they have lots of they have literally like cakes and biscuits and everything with speculas in this bakery <laughs> but also they have um something i didn't know existed before was um belgian pistolette i don't yeah. know if that's how you pronounce it but they're like a small round bread roll quite crunch crusty and okay. they've got like yeah eight different types so they have a tiger pistolette which was you know had like lots of caramelized um it, it was really great glaze on the top and it was 
like a tiger so it's like striped oh, like tiger bread almost. and then black yeah. forest dark rice studded with seeds and also like a poppy seed one which was oh, wow they were really nice and now yeah. i want to go and eat all the baked goods <laughs> as well yeah so i had heard that pistolets were quite staple in the belgium diet is that true yeah it's definitely as i say when i when i arrived i didn't know anything about it but one of the they featured in one of my favourite dishes in the whole of Antwerp, which um, was a great concept store come restaurant in the centre of Antwerp called Grand Market 13. And they have a really swish cream-coloured food truck parked outside um, at the weekends and they serve the most epic beef tartare on a mm. crusty grilled pistolette with pickled juice mayo and spindly purple rocket as well. Wow. Delicious. I could definitely eat that for lunch right now. <laughs> yeah, oh, I want to eat it again. Um, and also I've heard about Belgian vermouth um, winning quite a few awards, which seems unusual. Yeah, yeah, it's really strange. So I tried Belgian vermouth when I was, at, when I was in Antwerp and because in Hetzweed there's a swanky cocktail bar called Bar Berber and they specialise in vermouths actually and mm. they make their own vermouth out just outside Antwerp with white white chardonnay and sauvignon mm. grapes along with local botanicals and forest herbs um, so you've got all, all sorts kind of chamomile dandelion root sage licorice cardamom and the vermouth that's just won four awards at London's World Vermouth Awards is called Seven Sins Vermouth and it's the Envy okay. variety and it's apparently amazing yeah because it mm. won over all of the Italian vermouth yeah which you wouldn't expect no you wouldn't <laughs> at all and it has a citrusy start apparently with a rich peppery aftertaste so I think we might need to try it I think we do <laughs> thank you Alex so you can listen to our podcast with our wine writer Kate Hawkins about vermouth and Italian aperitifs in the next few weeks mm-hmm. um but also Alex has written a foodie guide to the best places to eat and drink in Antwerp on olivemagazine.com mm-hmm. so go check that out for more recommendations including posh street food mm-hmm. an atmospheric jazz club oh, and yeah. of course chocolate yes don't always miss the chocolate obviously because <laughs> you're in belgium <laughs> thank you so that was the olive magazine podcast if you like this episode please head over to itunes and leave a review we'd really love to hear from you for more information on things in this episode you can visit our website olivemagazine.com and you can pick up a copy of our june issue now or you can go download the app version Bye for now and we'll be back next week with more food and drink chat.